Hello, and welcome to Talk Social to Me. I am your host, Mackenzie, and today, lovely, lovely Ben and I are talking all about the latest and greatest when it comes to social media. I promise we don't talk too much about Twitter. I promise. So please just stay with us. We talk about TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Google, Amazon, pretty much everything that's been happening this week in social media. It's all coming to you on this podcast today. So let's just dive right in. Hello, and welcome back, Benny Boy. Ooh, it's a new one. Benny Boy. I like that. What up? How you doing? (laughs) I'm good. How are you doing this week? I'm living life. I'm getting by. I'm ready to talk some social. So what could be better? Absolutely nothing. Because again, I, I say this every single time we record, social is just going off. Every week, there's something new. And it's usually Elon Musk. But this week, there's more. It's not just Twitter and Elon Musk. So if you're listening and you think this entire podcast can be about Twitter, please don't switch off. We're going to we're going to continue with other things, I promise. But this week is just absolutely insane. Yeah. No, I know you were giving me a bit of the teasers beforehand and I'm, I'm ready to dive in. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's start with Flix tips. Mm. 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 Flix tips. <laughs> Oh, look at that. You had to throw in the arm wave. Get the people going. Get me going. There you go. So Flex Tips for this week is more of a mindset approach. And that is just being objective and realistic with what you your goals are actually for being on social and what that looks like in terms of content and your actions. I know with someone who's dealt with a lot of people on social, almost everyone's goal is a million followers or 10K followers or some arbitrary number. But... I always push back on that and say that, well, why? And usually if you ask the why enough times, the real reason is either for a very specific like income goal or like client goal or something along those lines. And so usually if you have a very specific goal to a specific audience, the more broad your audience becomes, that the more difficult that can often become in a lot of cases, especially if you're not serving the very specific kind of content that would bring that kind of person in. So the tip really here is just to reassess why you want to be on social, what your primary goals are, and make sure that you're doing some actions that will actually get you closer to that rather than just chasing vanity. Because there are hundreds of thousands of people just chasing chasing vanity and then complaining and saying that social media doesn't work. It's just like, no, it totally works, but <laughs> it, it, you get out what you put in, right? And so I think the mindset of understanding what you want will dictate the right actions. Absolutely. Just always make sure that you're focused on that end goal. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what that end goal is, figure it out. Yeah, because it, it's really hard to get there if you don't know where you're trying to go. <laughs> like, you're just throwing things out there. Like, that's going to be tough. Just hoping that something catches, and it usually doesn't because you yeah. don't even know where you're going. So if you're confused, your audience is confused. Yes, facts. Well, are you ready to talk some social news? I've never been more ready in my entire life. All right. Well, let's get Twitter just done and dusted because because there's just so much. So the first thing, and I know you were kind of shocked about this when we were first talking before the podcast, but now Elon has announced that from 140 characters to 240 characters, now to 4,000 characters, you can tweet on Twitter. 4,000. That's madness. Like That's an essay. Yeah, I'm sorry. My like mind is actually blown by this because I don't want to scroll through an entire essay length tweet. There's no way. Like, I'm sure there's going to be a read more button and then it's going to expand. But mm-hmm. even that's just going to bug me. 
Yeah, I, I always, I think we've, we've, had, we've talked on this point before, but much like Vine had the constraints of the six seconds, it forced creativity and it forced people to communicate a certain way. I love mm-hmm. that about Twitter because people had to write in very, like, a very concise manner. Otherwise, they couldn't deliver the point. And I honestly say yeah. it, it, would, it made people better writers because they had to communicate like that. And so now if you, you have 4,000 characters, you can be pretty all over the place. Like, I don't like that very much. Well, it's similar to what TikTok just did. They just announced the 200 or 2,200 characters and people are just messing around with that as well, where they just ramble and ramble and ramble. And mm. I'll actually link one of the, my favorite rambling TikTok captions, but I feel like that's what's going to happen on Twitter. And a lot of people are like, well, now you don't have to have like the threads on Twitter anymore, but I like the threads. I like kind of getting the top level things, scrolling through those because sometimes I want to see what the threads are. Sometimes I don't. So I'll scroll on by if I don't want to see it. Yeah. I like the separation of it and it made it very consumable, but I feel like a lot of these are just trying to get more people on to Twitter. And I think the people that have already liked Twitter is a very specific kind of person, right? We've talked Mm -hmm. about this a lot too, where it's like, it's largely like business people and marketers, like stuff like that. So journalists. Yeah. Yeah. V- very true. So maybe this isn't an attempt to attract a more general audience and they think that this will be something that's big for them. But I'm, yeah, that, that just seems so long. 4,000 characters. Like that's, I, I'm, my brain kind of hurts thinking about reading that. You want to see an image that I found with what it's going to look like with 4,000? I do. Cause I, cause I can't really picture that because I can picture 4,000 words, but this is 4,000 characters. I'm trying to think about what that would look like. That's a tweet. That's a tweet. There's that can't be living in the timeline. <laughs> We've got to, we have to click through to see that. Yeah. It's, I definitely think there's going to be like a read more option, but I don't know that, if that, it's going to separately take you to a different page. It's your whole screen. Yeah. It's the entire screen. And this is very small font. <laughs> yeah. I also don't even like that as a creator because I found that like, the growth hack on Twitter is threads. Like that's how, what gets people to grow really fast. And I find that's because of like with every little nugget, it feels like something different because it's like it's separated. Whereas now I feel like people are just going to subconsciously view it as one thing. And I'm interested to see how that impacts growth. Because I know when I see a great thread, I'm far more inclined to follow them. I'm really curious to see personally if I'll have the same impact if I read an essay, (laughs) if I'll still want to do it. Yeah, well, absolutely. Especially with, I feel like listicles live on Twitter and listicles Mm. are so great at growing on Twitter because it'll be like the seven things you need to know about, I don't know, growing your marketing platform. And then it's like tweet one, tweet two, tweet three, and that goes through. And so it's really, really consumable. Mm. If that lives in a 4,000 character tweet... Are people actually going to be like, oh, I wonder what these seven things are? Because it's just a wall of True. text. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's And we're lazy. So like that's harder for us to differentiate at a glance. Well, especially since we're not only lazy, but we're so used to getting like quick sound bites on mm. things and just getting really quick information. And we're not going to read walls of text anymore. People, sadly, people just don't have the patience to actually sit there and read something that long. So I just don't know. First of all, I don't know how often people are going to actually use 4,000 characters or if they're going to kind of stick to just tweeting in like very short snippets. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, this might not change anything on Twitter or it might change everything. (laughs) Who knows? Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. I think Elon's largely just trying to test whatever he can to see if, if it works. So... Yeah, I'll be watching along with everyone else. 
Yeah, exactly. The next thing is that the blue subscription is back. Twitter blue is back. It's going to be $8 for anybody who has an Android. But if you have an Apple phone, it is now $11 because of that 30% that's in the Apple store. So I'm curious, are you going to get the Twitter blue and get your little blue check mark for verification? I don't think I will. That may change over time, <laughs> but at the current point, I don't. And so YouTube premium works like that as well if you do it through your iPhone. But if you go through the desktop browser, you can save that percentage. So you may be able to get away oh. with that as well if you go through Twitter on your desktop or your laptop, like on Google that Chrome. That is a very good point. So before you sign up, I would try that because that may be able to get through the, the iOS tax. I like that. That's a very, very valid point. I like it. And then one of the biggest things that I think is that you can now see, or they're testing a feature, they're working on it, and it should be released hopefully soon, according to Elon, is that you'll be able to see if your Twitter account is actually shadow banned. Mm. So if your content is not reaching new audiences and it's only reaching your followers, then you're being shadow banned. So now Twitter will actually let you know and you can go in and say, hey, I don't think this content should be shadow banned and you can request an audit of that tweet and that content. So I think that's pretty good. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I think that's, that's a far better way to approach it than how they have in the past saying that it doesn't exist or, or things like that. So I think being transparent and giving you an opportunity, we'll see how fair their system is in terms of both strikes and, the, and then mm-hmm. all that. But, but but I think it's a step in the right direction at the very least. I'm curious what their like moderation tools are going to be. Because I know that they've tweaked the moderation. They've been working on tr- trying to figure out new AI systems and just new systems in place when it comes to moderation tools. So I'm curious what it's going to be like, what things will get flagged, how people will get shadow banned and all that kind of stuff. Because it seems like he really does want this to still be a very freedom of speech heavy platform. And obviously, as we've been seeing in the past few weeks, that has actually been the case. Mm-hmm. So it'll be curious to see what the rules will be set in place for users. Yeah. Because it, it, it is, like, I guess, as a, as the owner of the company, it's pretty arbitrary. Like what is, what is acceptable and what's not. We're gonna have to learn the hard way, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, all of this fanfare and all of these different things that he's tweeting out and just general, I don't want to say, like, it's just, just very divisive what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is a great PR stunt, not stunt, I don't want to say that, but it's a very good PR ploy to get people onto Twitter and getting more people signed up. So what he's doing is actually working and he's getting more and more users over on Twitter and it's definitely increasing the general just traffic to Twitter. So if he keeps this up, we're obviously we're talking about it. Everybody in the news is talking about it. So sure. Twitter is still alive and kicking and probably will be for a very long time. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that was probably one of their biggest issues was getting more new and more people on there. And I, I think a lot of people that went on there that hadn't been on there for a while or ever, they had a good experience and then they stayed, but it was just getting people there in the first place. So if, if he's achieving yeah. that through this, like, this could be all part of the master plan. <laughs> I think it is, which you know what? Fair enough. All right. The next thing, let's get into TikTok because TikTok. TikTok has just released a new feature where you can add geolocations to all of your TikToks. I know users in the US have had it 
And there's been a couple other countries that have gotten it before, but now it's released to all users. And I know that you, we have talked about this before, but this is so incredibly important for businesses, Mm -hmm. especially small businesses, because once you start tagging your videos with your content that you're selling or services that you're selling, anything like that, and people are searching for a specific location, your video will pop up and Mm. you will be seen by more and more people. 100%. I think that any local business, if they're not taking content seriously, this should be a huge push for you to do that. Because we've talked about this as well on here too, that a lot of people are using TikTok as their Google now, like their search engine to answer a question or solve a problem because it's more of an experience through doing that. And so you should keep that in mind when creating content as well, is if someone's looking to solve that problem, like what, how can you show them that yours is the best experience? And if, either do that yourself or maybe invest in a creator. But this is huge because of how many people are doing just that. They're coming, trying to solve a problem. Your business could be that solution. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I have said it before. I'll say it again and I will keep saying it. I use TikTok as the place for where I'm going to find new restaurants. Yeah. If I want to find a new restaurant to go in Amsterdam or London or back at home. The first thing I search for is like, London Eats or London restaurants, things like that. Mm -hmm. And I get a slew of new ideas and just like save the crap out of them. So that's definitely the biggest way that you're going to drive traffic to your small business. If you're not using locations, you need to start using them. 100%. Yeah, I just think it's a no brainer. And, And also I assume that with this change, it'll probably extend the lifespan of content on TikTok as well. So 100%. it'll be even more important to, to do this because that's always been the case on YouTube. But if people are trying to solve the same thing, I, it'll probably go that way on TikTok too. Speaking of TikTok turning into Google for younger generations, Google is now launching a new add-on prompt to their search. So basically when you're searching for stuff on Google, say, I'm going to go back to food because I love food. So say you're looking for like a restaurant or dinner ideas when you search for it in the little search bar, there's going to be a prompt right underneath it. And it'll have like a little plus sign and it'll be like easy recipes or healthy recipes or barbecue restaurants. So it'll give you Mm. suggestions now and they're trying to be more like TikTok. So you're more actively engaged and you keep clicking and keep searching and it's trying to narrow down your searches for you and give you better results. Very cool. So making it more of that experience that TikTok makes so awesome. Yeah. So according to Google, they said you can add or remove topics which are designated by a plus symbol to quickly zoom in or backtrack on a search. For example, like I said, if you're searching for dinner ideas, you can see topics like easy or healthy. And then once you tap on a topic, it adds it to your query, helping you quickly refine your search results with less typing. So definitely taking the hassle out of Googling and trying to narrow down your own searches because I have spent so long on Google before just trying to find one restaurant. And there's just too many options out there. And I just sometimes just want somebody to take the choice from me and just tell me where to go. Yeah, no, Google is kind of crazy like that because of how many people are competing in that space. So uh, it's usually the person who understands Google the best that, that wins. And it's not, it's not necessarily exactly what you're looking for. So this seems like a step in the right direction too. It's so funny to me that we're now... In 2022, almost 2023, we're in a space where Google is slowly becoming less and less relevant. I never thought that we'd get to the point where that prime search engine that we all use every single day would become less and less relevant because there's too many ads. 
people just want really curated content and they're not getting it from Google. So now Google is trying to keep up when they've never had to keep up before. Yeah. And there is a lot to be said with how much more immersive photo is, right? And it's also being delivered from a person. So usually when they go to, to Google, it's, it's for some sort of very specific thing. And it's tough to beat the trust that you can get from someone else, like physically showing you through it, right? Like yep. that's, that's so much more than a blog. And also like who wants to read? You know what I mean? Like I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure there are a ton of people that do, but way less. Okay, so, and then Google will be there for you. But I feel like a lot of people like me, like I would way, way rather watch the movie than the, read the book or way rather watch the TikTok than read the blog article. But teach their own. To each their own. Yeah, it's just, it's incredibly fascinating, especially since there's been all of these TikToks that I've been seeing recently where everybody's like, I don't use, whenever I use Google, I'll type in the question that I want and then type Reddit afterwards mm-hmm. because I know that there's going to be real people on Reddit telling me what I need to know will take me through the step by step. And I think now Google is also starting to realize that as well. And so they're trying to get their own question platform higher up as well. It's just, who knew that Google would become less relevant one day? Because it definitely wasn't me. Yeah, no. And I'm sure they'll find a way to, to work with all of this because of how much data they have and how much money they have. But yeah, so it, is, it is it is kind of crazy to think about the fact that they are losing some relevancy in, in the grand scheme of things. It'll be really interesting to see how how shorts plays, right? Because that's their huge yes. fight back yep. to try to get some, some more market share back. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes because they've been, they've been making some positive changes there as well where they've been dividing things far nicer now and, and really making it more conducive to people to actually create them. Well, one of the new things with shorts that I saw recently, which I think is one of the coolest ideas that I've seen mm-hmm. to kind of help people get new reach is that there is a new process called Allowed. Okay. And basically what it does, it'll take your video and actually translate it into a new language. Mm. So it kind of like dubs your video for you. So you can reach new audiences from all over the world. Yeah. And so apparently it's actually quite powerful. And this is like a rare Mr. Beast L because he (laughs) made a whole company to dub YouTuber stuff in the different languages and then YouTube released a tool that basically does what his super expensive business was doing for people. So that's that's fairly recent news and I played around with the the tool a little bit or or looked into it a bit more and it seems like it's pretty pretty good and it's very early days in it too. Yeah, so I think they're doing, you can sign up for the waitlist today. If you subscribe to our newsletter, we actually have the link in our newsletter that's going out to Diet. It's Tuesday. Please sign up for our newsletter. It's called Talk Social (laughs) to Me and I'm really great on it. So you can sign up for the wait list now. They're still doing beta testing, but it's all AI and mm-hmm. it's an incredible tool. And I think it's going to be so helpful for YouTubers and just people who are experimenting with shorts to reach new audiences they would have never reached before. Yeah, no, it makes so much sense. And when Mr. Beast made the business, it's because he was getting crazy success with his channels doing that. So he had like one for each language. And then now this kind of eliminates the need to do that, which is a huge win for people that can't afford a massive business. <laughs> exactly. They're also kind of touching in on Twitch a bit. So they're now bringing YouTube emotes, which Twitch emotes, where you can actually go and comment on a Twitcher's... Is that the word? That's not a, <laughs> Twitcher's. That's not the word. What is it? Is it... I think it's called a Twitch streamer, right? But it, 
Yeah, Twitch it, streamer, but Twitcher sounds better, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I, I'm Googling that right now. Word for someone who does Twitch. A Twitcher? That's not the word. <laughs> no, I don't think it is, but we should make it. It's not. Okay, they just call it a creator. That's super lame. Okay, well, whenever you're on a Twitch streamer's live stream, you can comment like your little emojis and just mm-hmm. like send little reaction videos and gifts and stuff like that. So now YouTube is adding that option into their live streaming. So people can actually spend. So if you're part of a YouTube subscription to a certain creator on YouTube, you can spend money and send these little emotes to people, which I mean, that could be fun. Sure. That's something, something I wouldn't do. Yeah, I wouldn't, but a ton of people love that stuff. And I think yeah. that th- this is one area where YouTube is losing is the whole live experience and the culture that can be built through things like this. And so this is something that needs to be done because like, a lot of a lot of Twitch streamers stay on Twitch because of that whole thing. The fact that they can build a the little subculture. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and the two-way communication. Whereas like a, a lot of times it would make more sense to do it on YouTube, but the experience just isn't the same. And that's why they've been working with streamers like, like Ludwig who used to be on Twitch and they actually bought him to come on to YouTube exclusively. Mm-hmm. And so they're yeah. working with streamers like him to try to make that experience better because that it just doesn't really work on YouTube yet. Yeah. Well, now they're really trying hard and I hope that it gets some success, but it's just interesting just to see how, all these different platforms, they're all competing with each other, but in very different ways. Yeah. And like, they're all like cross pollinating. It's just social media, man. It's something else. Yeah. Everyone wants to be the one-stop shop, but they're like deciding which challenge to tackle. And usually there's like two or three parties in each of those lanes. And then yeah. someone ends up winning, but yeah, it'll, I, I, I will always vote for Google and YouTube just because I think they, they're, priorities are in the right place in terms of their focus like in terms like they understand the importance of creators and they actually on the note of ludwig the huge streamer guy they got him to come to exclusively stream on youtube because they treated him like a human being like they said we would love to work with you all this stuff whereas twitch was just like we want you twitching twitching we want you streaming (laughs) we want you streaming this many hours and like that was basically it they basically just said like dollars in versus dollars out. Whereas YouTube gets the importance and the like long-term staying power of connection through creators. Yeah. I have heard that quite a bit that Twitch doesn't care about their creators as much as other platforms, especially when there was a whole scandal with a certain Twitch streamer who was being abused by her husband and getting all this money because he was basically making her stream for 24 hours a day. And Twitch knew about it, but didn't actively do anything to help this woman. And that was like one of the first instances that I've heard about this. And then since that story, I've heard more and more about how they're not as compassionate and they don't really care about their streamers as much as other content platforms do. Yeah. And that's a very short-sighted way to view things because people are people at the end of the day. And so if you don't value relationships, they're not going to value you stay with you yeah Mm. (laughs) i mean kind of going back to the whole twitter thing when twitter had vine when obviously that was a little bit different in regards to not being able to get the income or trying to figure out a way to pivot vine to get ad revenue in Mm -hmm. but a lot of viners were like this is how we can help and this is how we can get you money and 
Twitter was like, no, we don't know how to do that. We're not going to do that. And then all the Vine people left. Yeah. And you, you can't have that because there goes your entire business. And so exactly. YouTube, I think they're a little bit better. Of course, they're not perfect. Like they will randomly shadow ban people and delete people. And like obviously that stuff's not great, but they're far better at working alongside creators to try to build relationships. And a lot of huge creators, like they actually have one-on-one reps at YouTube and they're mm-hmm. constantly asking questions, like especially Mr. Beast, given the fact that he's like the biggest, like they talk to him all the time. And like the head of product will just like talk to Mr. Beast being like, what would you want in a dream world? Like, that's pretty cool that that happens. <laughs> and that should happen. That should happen more and more. I feel like these platforms, the only reason that they're doing well is because of content creators. So listen to them, mm-hmm. listen to what they want and try to help them achieve those goals. Because if you don't, then you can say goodbye to all of your ad revenue. <laughs> yeah. And I think it starts from, and a great point you made there too, is that like it starts with the creators and then that, the feeling that a creator has trickles down to who actually watches the video, which is the end result, like the end of product. And so if you don't value the whole like supply chain, more or less, and the fact that it is humans, like you got to treat it like humans, not like robots, then it's not going to work out and it's not going to have the staying power. And, and you've seen that some businesses that get too greedy with it all, like I would say that Facebook and, and Instagram have fallen into that a little bit, then the like, court of public opinion gets pretty bad and they lose yep. a lot of users. Exactly. Well, have you heard about Amazon and what they're doing now? No, this, this is completely news to me. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Amazon is now adding a TikTok like feed to their shoppable content on their app. Okay. Actually I had heard of this. <laughs> I, you know, I heard about this on Twitter. So yeah, I, I did hear about this, <laughs> but I don't know too many specifics. So give me the, the rundown that you have. So apparently a new scrollable feed that they're calling Inspire is starting in the U.S. and then they're going to branch it out to other countries once they get it all tweaked and perfect. But basically it's going to be short videos that showcase products that the retailer thinks that you might be interested in. So you'll just be able to scroll through and then you can shop exclusively from that video. I don't think I'll ever use that. Because I won't. I like the fact that if I'm on TikTok and I'm consuming and then something blows me away and I want to buy that product, I can go buy it. But I don't want to be there just mm-hmm. strictly spending money. <laughs> that sounds crazy. <laughs> just like on your Inspire feed, just be like, yep, bye. Yep, bye. Yep, that sounds like a quick way to bankruptcy, man. Like, that's crazy. But I feel like this is probably their response to TikTok now getting all of these like e-commerce, they're trying to build up their e-commerce side and TikTok shop. And they just bought all of those warehouses in the US and Mm -hmm. had started like hiring people to start really making their e-commerce side bigger. So I feel like this is Amazon's way of being like, hold up, we're not going to allow you to do this. Well, because they know that because they can track where their sales are coming from and the traffic that's funneling it to them. And like content and social pushes product. And it's actually a, a little, for anyone listening to this, it's like a little side hustle hack that you could do is that y- like they want videos of products as well. So creators have the opportunity to make a video and then like submit it to Amazon and then it gets added to the product listing. And then if they watch that video and then buy the product, you get a commission. And so there's so few people doing this that oftentimes there will be like one or no videos and there's opportunities for five to be up there. So like this is a little side hustle that people are doing where they're just going to making like some UGC about a product they bought, submitting it to the to the Amazon listing. And then if it lives there, 
they can get commission every time someone watches it and then buys, which is crazy. Affiliate marketing. It works. <laughs> oh, big time. And it just proves that like content moves product. It really does. And also, I feel like a lot of people, like a lot of creators on TikTok, they have all of their like Amazon shop fronts linked to their TikTok. Mm -hmm. And so Amazon knows this. And so I feel like they're going to slowly start poaching some of the TikTok creators to make more and more content for their own app. And then there will be mass competition. <laughs> so you thinking they'll make like a, a true TikTok competitor, like an Amazon watch or something like that? I feel like they're going to try to start stealing some TikTokers just to get more and more content created on their own account, like their own app, especially if they're going to be investing this much into a scrollable shopping feed where it is video content. I feel like they're going to have to have some people that are strictly just Amazon focused. Yeah, you got to incentivize creators. Otherwise, like, why would they put the time there? Yeah, absolutely. But it will be really interesting to see like, if people actually use this, how well this feature goes off. But again, it's just US first, and we'll see what happens from there. We shall see. The last bit of news this week comes from Instagram, and it's a feature that I'm very excited about. And you can now check if your content has been shadow banned. So it does exist. The shadow ban is real. They're saying that they're not calling it shadow ban. They're calling it account status and seeing if your account status is healthy or not. Spare me. Yeah, it's like, I, I do prefer this approach because at least they're admitting that it exists. But this has been something that people have known for so long. And so but, no, long. but no one would come out and say it publicly. So it's like, how do you prove it if no one said that it exists? But uh, this is good. I, I'm glad that you can actually see this. And so what is the, what's the process of getting it fixed? Is it the same as what you said about Twitter? Similar. So basically what you can do, again, they're calling it account status. I won't say shadow ban because I'm sure people are going to be like, shadow ban doesn't exist, but yeah. <clears throat> it kind of does. Yeah. So <laughs> basically what you can do is you can go to your account status. That's through your settings on your profile. And under there, it'll have like a little yellow banner. Okay. And it'll tell you if like there has been a specific post of yours that isn't being shown to your non like to non followers. And if there is a post, you can actually go in and appeal the reasoning. So they'll let you know, like, hey, we don't this post isn't being shown to anybody because of X, Y, or Z. And they'll actually give you a reason. Oh, and wow. then you can go in and appeal it if you don't agree with their decision. And again, who knows if they'll actually like remove that, like if they'll actually do anything with the appeal. But mm -hmm. there is now a process of you being able to go in and being like, why isn't my content being shown? Yeah, whereas previously it would just happen and they would say it's not happening. <laughs> and then you're just kind of on your own. What are you talking about? Your content's being shown to exactly all of your followers and nobody else. Exactly. And actually on that note, <laughs> I actually saw there's a new ad product within Meta or, or Instagram, Facebook, whatever, that you can now pay to target your own followers. Like just, which is crazy that it's come full circle now where you got to like pay to reach your own followers. What? Yeah, so it's like this, this new product where you can like say promote to your your following. It's like that's crazy that I have to pay to be. And obviously, there are situations where you would want to retarget and all that stuff. Like, of course, but like that yeah. to me says that there's a good chance that a good chunk won't see your content if you just post it regularly. If that's now an ad product. Yeah, I just want to put post here. I just want to say this: the chronological feed does exist, people, and if you have forgotten that because they have made it hard for you to find your chronological feed. Click the little Instagram logo on your app and go to following 
and you will see your entire feed chronologically. You won't see stories because stories don't exist on that feed, but you'll see your feed chronologically. Um, I just want to point that out because I know everybody's forgotten and I just want to remind people because it does exist. I promise. Yeah. No, I'm looking at it right now. I've actually never used this feed before. (laughs) Well, there you go. You'll probably find people. I keep continuing to find people that I didn't realize I followed. I'm like, who is this person? That's so funny. So so sorry to a lot of people that I've unfollowed because I don't know who you are and I don't know why I followed you in the first place. It's, It's part of the game. It's all good. Yeah. But that is all of the news that I have for you this week. Amazing. That was some great news. I'm just really excited that they're finally getting transparent about the fact that Shadowban does exist. Yeah, which I think is definitely a step in the right direction in terms of transparency. And hopefully it's a sign of things to come. Yeah, fingers crossed. But Adam, appreciate you. Our dog, Masari. <laughs> Our dog. Did you notice that he didn't say his last name? Because again, I was going to mess it up. <laughs> yeah, Masari or whatever you say. Yeah, yeah I just but, avoided it. Hey, I could be saying it wrong too. Like I've never actually heard him say his own name. So like we're, we're equally in the blind. Do you have a flick feature this week? Yes. So we have a fellow Canadian to shout out this week who also works in the marketing space and his name is Hayden Cashin. And so Hayden runs a marketing agency where he helps people with paid advertising. And he also does a ton of content around marketing, both organic and paid. And he has 125,000 followers on TikTok and around 1,500 or so on Instagram, but his Instagram got hacked and shut down. So he should have a lot more, but he's a, a great mind within the marketing space, constantly dropping gems. And he's a really good dude as well. And a little teaser, he will be a guest on the show next week. So he's getting a shout out today. So you tune in next week because he's got, he's got gems to drop. He does. We've already done the interview and it was a really good episode. I'm really excited about it. And he has some really good insights on how to grow your TikTok, things to actually focus on when it comes to your TikTok, because a lot of people are focusing on the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just, I learned a lot and I'm sure everybody else will as well. Yeah, 100%. Definitely tune back in next week. Perfect. Well, that is all we've got for you today. Thank you so much for listening. Please follow us over on Instagram. We are at flick.social. Follow us on TikTok. We are at flick.social. Ben has been dropping some great videos over there. He's also dropping some great videos on YouTube, which is just search for flick hashtags. Or If you type that in, we're the first channel that comes out. All right. Well, we will talk to you next week and with we will be with Hayden. Have a good week, everybody. Enjoy social media. Bye.